It was a friendly letter. There was no pressure. The way you had that built up, that call, it was going to be the call from hell. It turned out to be a nothing call other than a lot of people said, I never knew you could be so nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Guilty of niceness. Hey, can you scroll up? Lindsey Graham said something else. Uh, he's he's in Trump's corner, and uh, he's on the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, uh, which matters, too, if impeachment ever actually went that far. I think it was in the middle screen there. Um, Lindsey Graham continuing to write He there. said, well, bless my soul. Who would like a nice lemonade? He said the Ukrainian president did not feel threatened. He felt fine with what happened. I've read it just like you have. You can make your own decision. If you're just joining us, the transcript is out, more or less a transcript of the phone call. And uh, we're reading it over. And Trump does bring up investigating Biden's son a number yep. of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a substantial part of the call. Uh, I'm telling you what, the, the fault line is clear to me. If you judge Trump and what he says by the conventional standards of conventional presidents, looks really bad. But if you accept the... He shoots off his mouth a lot, and then nothing happens because his people say, that's a bad idea, sir, and then it never goes forward. Then it's just Trump being Trump. Well, it's, I don't know about the... Uh, you brought this up uh, last hour about uh, do mob movies paint, paint it too um, broadly for us dumb people, or is it more subtle than that or whatever? But we have been in negotiations with bosses and stuff like that where we walk out of the room and I say to Joe, did that guy... Did he just, was he saying that if we don't do this, we're fired? And you say, yes, that's what he was saying. Or vice versa. I don't pick up on it. Right. (laughs) I'm not not as good at the subtleties of these sorts of things. I need them laid out very clearly for me. Now, to cite David Drucker's uh, citation of the Godfather movies, uh, the Robert Duvall character, what's his name? Tom, uh, doesn't matter, Tom. Uh, He was the the soft pedal guy. He would go and say... uh, Don Corleone is very, very interested in in the flower business, and he just thinks it's a fascinating business, and he'd love to be an investor in it. Um, and so we'd appreciate it if you would consider that. And then he walks out again, and and people knew what he meant. And there will be the suggestion, well, the outright accusation that Donald J was saying, "You want American help? You bring Biden down and his bastard son as well." As a guy who has had those godfather-like conversations because you would have to to be a real estate guy in new york right and likewise a a guy fighting for power in the ukraine which is no joke man oh sure they they kill each other um right trump probably understands that world more than maybe any president we've ever had yeah because he's lived in that world union bosses and how you get this done and that done. Okay, but I'm not talking here about cable commentators or legal experts or anybody. I'm talking about the American people. If uh, whoever speaks for the Donald and and really appoint somebody to do it. Donald, we have a Giuliani. Really. we got to play Giuliani all morning long. We've, we've left that behind. That no, is so I disagree. I think you don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Yeah, I think you ought to <laughs> shut up, you moron. <laughs> shut up, ready. moron. <laughs> That's Giuliani from yesterday. You know, it, it, <laughs> that's, the, that's the president's personal lawyer. Worth pointing out that he was the mayor in New York City for a substantial chunk of Donald's run as a real estate developer. Sure. I mean, you don't know what you're talking about, idiot. It's a bare knuckle place. But anyway, so if you have the, the transcript up there and the whistleblower says, yeah, that's what I was concerned about. I mean, the fact that they pitched it as a campaign finance violation is very odd. But putting that aside, so... 
It, it's clear that the president was bringing up the Biden thing. He was concerned about the Biden thing. President of Ukraine's talking about, we really need your help. We appreciate your help. Those two things are happening. You're making the mob argument, blah, blah, blah. But if Trump's spokespeople or Trump himself say, yeah, I brought it up. I was concerned about it, but nothing happened. What did the American people say to that? To me, I mean, it doesn't look good, but it's Trump being Trump. I just don't see a lot of people being moved, unless it's Trump fatigue. They figure, all right, that's enough. That can happen. Impeachment is a political act, and uh, Nancy Pelosi made her announcement yesterday um, to satisfy a a big chunk of Democrats in the country who have been howling for impeachment. That number, does that number go up? The number of Democrats that are on board in the House has gone up. In the last 48 hours, by a lot uh, of how many people said, yeah, we would vote for impeachment. (laughs) So at some point, does it go that direction just because that's the political wind is going that way, regardless of the how good the transcript is or right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, what's what's good and right and true will have a role in this, but not a major role. I mean, it will be. You know, uh, who can whip up well, the that's populace point, yeah. most. Uh, that's, that's my point. So if, it, if it, at the end of the day she's got 220 Democrats who say, yeah, I would vote for impeachment, all of your news outlets, which are, are Democrats, are saying you got to do it, Um, then maybe then all of a sudden we're in, in impeachmentville. Oh, He's this? not going to be removed from office. It would take something extraordinarily different than what we've seen so far for the Senate to change their mind and remove him from office. Mm-hmm. So it's a gesture, right? Uh, yes. Or you hope something comes up between now and then? It takes many months to pull off an impeachment. Yeah. It'd be going on next year, and you hope some new dirt comes out. Now, I saw a couple of different pla- places. There's a disagreement behind closed doors. There's disagreement of, if we go with impeachment, are we sticking just to the Ukrainian phone call, or are we bringing up all the other stuff? And a lot of people say, no, 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 we reach back to the obstruction of justice, the Mueller report, the 11 times he obstructed justice, AOC all that. AOC brought up the damned emoluments clause. Right, the, the refueling airplanes at the golf course, all this stuff we bring in. Throw it all against the wall. Others say, and this was part of the conversation behind closed doors, others say, no, 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 the only way we can make this work is we stick just to the Ukrainian phone call, this one thing. Otherwise, we look like we're fishing. Who wins that argument? I don't know. I think the latter group is right. I mean, you can't bring up all of that. Or, again, the vast majority of people in the United States, and they will start polling you like crazy, are going to say, you know, that does look awfully witch-hunty. Isn't this just like the Mueller thing? And uh, I don't know. I don't know. So many attitudes are so baked in right now. and, And you know who's to blame for that? It's the Democrats. Who and and their lackeys in the news media who pitched the the president is a Russian goon narrative so hard and so long when it turned out to be fictional. I mean, how do you believe them now? And and listen, most people don't follow the news nearly as close to all of us as, as all of us assembled here. And so I just I don't know. I don't. This is not good. It will. It, the train will gain steam. The impeachment train. 
But I just don't think they have enough to really move the needle among the American people. Well, I've got the completely unscientific text line I've been looking at all morning long. I'd love to hear that. And if I ask for particular texts, I'm going to get them because a bunch of you are trolls. But I'd like to know anybody whose mind was changed by the transcript. So far, the texts have been the same as the texts have been for about three years. I can tell immediately you're either in the nothing Trump does is going to budge me from my support mm-hmm. or the he's the new Hitler and I've never liked him and never will. Right. Um, so far, I've not seen one text. Doesn't mean you're not out there. But so far, there's been no text of, you know, I was on the fence. But now I think it's too much. So if, we'll see. If you swing more toward emailing, feel free. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Or uh, our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Well, well, we'll see how this rolls on. I don't it, 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 Definitely starting to feel like more of the same to me. Although, we'll have to see how the votes uh, line up in the House. Probably should revisit the legal argument on impeachment. Are we currently in an impeachment? Some legal scholars would say, yes, we are, based on what Nancy Pelosi said yesterday. Others would say, of course we're not. No, not until the House no votes. vote, right. Don't have to have a vote, according to some legal scholars. Again, my question is, Nancy was standing in front of five American flags when she announced unofficial impeachment inquiry. Is that enough flags? I think you have to have nine American flags before well, it's officially impeached. You don't know what you're really? talking about, idiot. That was a serious miscalculation on her part, though. Count the flags, I'll you moron. I'll explain that to you coming up. It's pretty interesting on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, I don't want to be too in the weeds on this whole impeachment thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you know or how closely you're following it or whatever. But so Nancy Pelosi came out yesterday and said, uh, well, we, we have her. I guess one. That's the... <laughs> That's the gist of it. Is, uh... The actions of the Trump presidency revealed a dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. No! Okay, so that's. Oh, no. oh, I, I, oh, I, I. And it sounded a little like from the great movie Animal House when the guy who runs a fraternity says to everybody, they've announced we're on double secret probation. <laughs> they right. all say, what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? What's an official house inquiry mean? <laughs> um, and, I, and, and so at first blush for a lot of people it was, well, that doesn't really mean anything. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, um, before we get into the weeds, be careful, you might step on a snake. Um <laughs> Why? I mean, she was making pronouncements about how he'd abused the power of the office, betrayed the Constitution, taking a crap on the Declaration of Independence and the rest of it. Why didn't they wait till today when the actual, you know, the call came out and the whistleblower complaint? Why would you do this last night prior to your case being, you know, before the American people? It's very strange. We've had three impeachments all three times. They did a full House vote. 
on whether or not we're going to move forward and impeach the president. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do that. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. I don't know who decided that with Andrew Johnson, and then I guess when Nixon and Clinton came along, we thought, well, this is the way they did with Andrew Johnson, so I guess we'll do it too. Right. But you don't have to do that. That's The Constitution doesn't say you have to have a full House vote <laughs> to move forward with impeachment. It's just, well, nobody's exactly sure what it is. So if they did that, a full House vote, you'd have to have 218 votes to pass, and as of... Um, as of right now, they, she doesn't have that number. But whether or not you actually have to have the vote to be called an impeachment is still up in the air. There are no plans for such a vote now, and it is unclear to what degree, I'm reading from the Washington Post and Mike DeBonis, it's unclear to what degree Pelosi's declaration on Tuesday formally changes the House posture. That is a question likely to be litigated in the courts. The House already cited the potential for impeachment in a lawsuit filed in July seeking disclosure of grand jury testimony gathered in the course of the Mueller investigation. In other words, um, they said, we need this information. The White House said no. The House committee, Nadler's committee, said no. We're in impeachment now. We need to have this information. The court looked at it and said no, we don't think you are an impeachment because they of incons, inconsistent statements. Um, Steny Hoyer, Hoyer, Nancy Pelosi, others had told reporters, no, we're not, this isn't impeachment, this is just an inquiry. Nadler says, this is an impeachment. Well, the court said, well, yeah, some of you are saying it's not. <laughs> so we're going to say it's not an impeachment, so no, you can't have what you just asked for. Right, because that's not an a, extraordinary power. Be, and, and, right. Yeah, because it's yeah. not officially an impeachment. So it seems to me, if the judge is right or has wisdom, then you ought to hold a vote. <laughs> Based on that, yesterday, Nancy Pelosi coming out, I'm officially declaring double secret probation. Exactly. Um, that, In front of five or more flags. That a, that a court would now say, okay, now now she's saying it's impeachment, so it's impeachment. So now you have to turn over whatever they ask for because this is an official impeachment. Jonathan Turley is quoted in the Washington Post. Love John Turley. He's a George Washington University constitutional law professor who's been critical of the impeachment push, said Pelosi's conclusive statement Tuesday could help the House prevail in any case before a court, but there are still glaring contradictions in the Democratic position. It would be much more convincing if the House was seeking a vote to dedicate this controversy to the Judicial Committee for an Impeachment Inquiry. This entire process has been uncomfortably casual, casual to the point of conversational in terms of the steps taken toward impeachment. Right, which really doesn't matter except in terms of courts ruling on can you subpoena this and demand that and put people under oath for this. Well, so but now so I understand, I didn't quite understand. So last week when you had Nadler in that argument with Collins when they were talking to Corey Lewandowski, yeah. and Collins would said, "Is this impeachment or not?" And Nadler said, I'm tired of having this conversation, whether it's an inquiry, whether it's an inquisition, whether it's a whatever. Now, give me a donut. Well, the reason it matters is because, well, there are different things you can pull off if it's officially impeachment, according Mm -hmm. to the court. You can make different people show up. You can get different information. So the fix is a column in the Washington Post. Are you done with that angle? So as of yesterday, it's possible because of Nancy Pelosi, what she said, we're officially into impeachment. Well, so the Washington Post is reporting there are 200 votes for it uh, in the House thus far, so they're about about 20 short. Uh, the fix is their uh, political analysis column, and I frequently find it annoying and lefty. Um, but I'm curious to see what Aaron Blake is saying. Seven takeaways from the rough transcript of Trump's call. 
with uh, Ukraine's president. One, it mentions no explicit quid pro quo. That's point number one. The idea that he would proactively release a document that showed him engaging in that was far-fetched, but it's worth (laughs) noting it's not there. Two, Trump does suggestively mention the U.S. being very, very good to Ukraine. Three, and then they go into some detail. Trump immediately launches into asking for investigations. And if you are looking for nastiness, if you're anti-Trump, that is what people will hang their hat on. They go from talking about how much help the U.S. could give to, hey, you could do me a favor. Can you look into this Biden thing? Um, number four is an explicit threat would matter, but it's not the whole ball game. Five, this is hardly an exoneration, and it's only piece of the one piece of the puzzle. Um, there's word, and it may be completely accurate or utterly fictional, that the whistleblower complaint involves other events and conversations. Um, and we'll know all that tomorrow. Yet. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Six, Zelensky, the Ukrainian guy, brings up corruption first. He introduced the topic about how we're draining the swamp here. There's a lot of corruption, blah, blah, blah. And 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 uh, the White House will likely argue that Zelensky broached it. And so Trump said in essence, hey, speaking of corruption, I heard the story in the news. Number seven, Trump appears to praise the ousted Ukrainian prosecutor general, who was uh, crooked, according to everybody. And with the backdrop of there's a poll just out, first time national poll Warren tops Biden. Not surprised. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, I was just going to say the fallout from the transcripts and impeachment continues raining down. There is a new rising star in the Democratic Party. And you suffer... From Faker Syndrome? We'll get into that. Faker Syndrome. They're fakers, baby. Yeah, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Hill, which is a publication about politics in Washington, D.C., as opposed to a mound of ground that is higher than the surrounding area. What the the hill? The Hill is calling it the partial transcript shows. So there will be some arguing that there's more to it than what we got today. Yeah, we'll see. If you're just joining the conversation, let's get it now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is calling a House impeachment inquiry the single biggest witch hunt in American history. He was talking with reporters in New York. He denied pressuring Ukraine's president to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter, who had some business dealings in Ukraine. All this seemingly referenced in a phone call Trump had with the president of Ukraine. Here's what Trump had to say, though. There was no pressure. The way you had that built up, that call, it was going to be the call from hell. It turned out to be a nothing call other than a lot of people said, I never knew you could be so nice. Now, the transcript the White House released. (laughs) A lot of people are saying that. The whole a lot of people are saying thing. (laughs) It's such a go-to. I know. i got to use it more often. So weak. I don't know. You know, a lot of people are saying we should have apple pie more often here at the dinner table. A lot of people are saying that. (laughs) The transcript the White House uh, released this morning confirms President Trump did ask his counterpart in in Ukraine to investigate uh, Biden and his son, the phone call is reportedly what led a whistleblower to file a complaint against the president. It came about a week after the White House stopped nearly $400 million in military aid from being sent to Ukraine. But there is no direct tying of the two things in the five pages released by the White House. Marshall Phillips, personal friend of yours, 
who you once advised, Mitt Romney, has just said the Ukraine call transcript is deeply troubling. Because Mitt Romney is difficult to figure out where he is. I think he figures out every day what's going to be best for him. The way he blows out his birthday candles is deeply troubling. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. That's an indictment. Yeah. I tell you what, Marshall, I appreciate that you're part of the liberal media, but the whole he withheld the payment until there's nothing there. There is nothing there. Trump made it clear to his advisors and others, we want Europe to help too. We're not going to just foot the whole bill Unless the other people whose security is being guaranteed chip in, it's exactly like his NATO thing. Now, if you want to claim abuse of power that he was trying to get Biden ruined because he had the uh, the Ukrainian guy in a hot seat, okay, you know, I the beholder. There's a case there, but the whole quid pro quo thing, um, it's just it's too weak. And again, this is about the American people. This is about. How many people buy? When eyes have seen the glory it's a, of the coming <laughs> of the Lord. This is about the American people <laughs> and what they believe. But I'd give you some background music as you went into the this is about the American people speech. Well, I, I, there are a lot of American people. All right, here's the metaphor I got. You got a coworker doesn't like you, right? Yeah. And he, he, he accuses you of something to the boss. And uh turns out not to be true. Then he accuses you of something else, and everybody's just, all right. Then he makes a big deal out of how you stole from the company and blah, blah, blah. That turns out to be fake. And then he says, uh, uh, hey, he files his expense reports late. And turns out, yeah, you were late on a couple of expense reports. Now, is your boss, the American people, going to say... Yes, he is guilty of that, and blah, blah, blah. Are they going to say, all right, would you stop with the accusations? He's not perfect. Can we move on with our lives? Marshall, this is about the American My people. Eyes have seen the <laughs> I do, I, I do want to point out that I did say earlier, there is no direct tying of the two things in the five oh, pages. Oh, now of you're tra- saying that. No, I now said you it before. You don't know what you're talking about. I to said work it, it in. I said it before you went into your rant, sir. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. <laughs> where, where do I file a whistleblower complaint? Oh, that Giuliani clip is one of my favorite oh, ever. Oh, it's great. It is so good. The House Intelligence Committee chairman. Hey, by the way, sorry, we'll yeah. get back to that. Yeah. Feel free to work in the little Swedish girl, too. As needed. Oh, I yeah. mean, I want the Golden Goose. <laughs> no, no, that's no. her. That's, that's the other song. one. Right. The other one. You uh, should be ashamed of yourself, that sort of thing. This uh, is wrong. Meanwhile, I'll tell you, she is really on the move. The new Quinnipiac National Survey showing Elizabeth Warren continuing to rise in the Democratic primary after a pair of polls showed her in a virtual tie with Joe Biden in the first two primary states. In today's national poll, 27% of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents favor Warren. 25% prefer Biden. Again, a statistical heat, uh, dead heat. But Biden's formidable lead has crumbled since the last Quinnipiac national poll in August. When he was up 32 to 19. Yes. Bubble was bursting like the blood vessels in his eye. Yep. <laughs> That is that is not helpful at all. Uh, Jack, you often say national polls are stupid, but if electability is issue number one, and I'm a primary voter, a caucus uh, guy in Iowa or, or New Hampshire, I'm looking at national polls to figure out who's electable. Well, and trends matter, so if you're trending down versus yeah. trending up... I'm trending and, down, by the way. <laughs> Personally, I mean... If Biden is trending down... And these polls were taken before yes. 
All Democrats were reminded, oh yeah, Hunter Biden was getting a sweetheart deal in Ukraine because his dad was vice president. I mean, that's not going to help anything. Mm-mm. All right, my friends, how often do you feel like you're faking it? Brigham, Most of the time, I have imposter syndrome. Brigham Young University researchers found 20% of people suffer with imposter syndrome in the workplace. I know I do. This is where you feel that if people knew your real limits and liabilities, they would think a lot less of you. Well, most people know my limits and liabilities, but those who don't know, if they <laughs> did know. Well, they're readily apparent. <laughs> oh, yeah, Anytime my, uh, I'm in a bank or wearing a suit, there's a number of situations where yes. I think I just, I, if everybody knew who I was. I would. don't have it at work. I have it everywhere else, <laughs> but not at work. Oh, I don't think I have it at work, but if I'm wearing no. a suit, I do. Yeah. If you wear a suit? Oh, yeah. Really? I always I always feel like I'm an imposter, and people can tell. Well, there's a guy who never wears a suit who's got a suit on today. They can just tell by looking at me, <laughs> which wearing, is really weird. I mean, it doesn't help that when we're at Party Center, I go around telling people, hey, you know, this is the first time he's ever worn a suit, right? Yeah. Right. No, I definitely have imposter syndrome, which I guess is common among creative-type people. And Not they, surprising. The yeah. researchers go on to say that, you know, people with imposter syndrome do very well at work, though. So maybe it's the imposter syndrome. That's a lot of work to keep the ruse up. Well, yeah, exactly. I heard uh, Paul Begala, who was part of the whole getting Clinton elected thing, yeah. he said when you walk into the White House as a part of the administration, right. when you walk in the first time, he said you have such a case of an imposter syndrome. And if you don't have imposter syndrome walking into the White House, there's probably something wrong with you. I could believe that. Maybe in that instance would be the only time where you probably ought to think, I'm not sure I'm up to this task. I better work really hard. You know, I'm sorry you feel like you have imposter syndrome every time you wear a suit. If you'd like, I'll stop following you around saying, what's wrong, Clem, your overall's dirty? I mean, because that probably doesn't help you. I have it bad at banks, and I have really? I have, I have the money. I've got a great credit rating. I got, But if I'm in a bank, I just feel like they're going to come out and say, no, you, you can't own a house. <laughs> Someone like you does wow. not get a house. There's been a paperwork oh. error. We, yes, we exactly. just caught it. And, uh, oh, yes. I sit there sweating bullets just waiting for a manager to come out and say, we... We know you, and you'd probably just be quieter if you just left. I'm not sure how we didn't catch this before today. <laughs> we have a nice cardboard box you might be interested in. <laughs> People like you don't buy houses. <laughs> All right, that is a wrap at your news. Or cars. I've had the same thing buying a car. Wow. Yeah. just It's a worse feeling in the world, too. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty Show. They conscience of the nation. The fabulous, insightful, fair, and even-handed Lan He Chen to talk about the impeachment thingamajigger and where we stand now coming up in seconds. Fairly big news day. I was all ready to come in and talk about the uh, explosion in the American cat population, its effect on <laughs> birds. Maybe we'll hold on to that for tomorrow. Now what's Lan He say is going to happen? That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The president must be held accountable. No one is above the law. Getting back to our founders, in the darkest days of the American Revolution, Thomas Paine wrote, the times have found us. The times found them to fight for and establish our democracy. The times have found us today. Does she mean that? The New York Times or the Washington Times? Speaker Pelosi happens to be the Speaker of this House, but she does not speak for America when it comes to this issue. 
She cannot decide unilaterally what happens here. Nancy Pelosi, I think, was using Joe Biden's teeth to make that speech Crazy. yesterday, so it made it more difficult. That is not appropriate. Um, did that or change? Hygienic. Did <laughs> did that change things? Her little speech. Some legal scholars say, "Yeah, we're now officially into impeachmentville." Some people say we're not. I don't know. Lon He Chen is the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies uh, at Stanford University, among other things. Host of the fabulous podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Lon He, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. It's an eventful day. God, I'd say, oh yeah, and we're we're bearing it. If you're just joining us, the transcript is out. The transcript of the phone call in question between Trump and the president of Ukraine, and whether or not he did something that's impeachable. So listen, Lonnie, the uh, Speaker of the House, Ms. Pelosi, said uh, no one is above the law. But is Donald Trump above the, that was kind of weird and unclear and suggestive what he said to the Ukraine guy. I mean, it's all a little fuzzy to me. I, I think you're right. I think it's a little fuzzy. You know what's striking to me, guys, is if you look at, just look at the responses on Twitter this morning, entirely predictable how one responds to the transcript based on one's partisan affiliation. So you look at the Democrats, all of their responses, and a lot of folks in the media, smoking gun, uh, this is exactly what they needed for impeachment, you know, lots of bad stuff in there. And the Republicans are basically like, this is a nothing burger. We're not seeing anything new at all here. And the reality is probably somewhere in between, that there is stuff in that transcript that's suggestive. By the way, the person who comes out of that transcript looking the worst is the president of Ukraine. I mean, this guy looks like a complete kiss-up, first of all. Well, he's got and Putin breathing all- down his neck, Lonnie. Get, cut the guy a break. I get it. I get it. And, 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 and he wants to be close to, to, to the United States, and I'm fine with that. But in my mind, this is a total Rorschach test. This, this transcript is a total Rorschach test for our politics right now. Depending on if you like the president or don't like the president, that's going to entirely dictate how you see this thing. And that's a little bit of a problem because we should be able to arrive at some objective measure of whether there is information in that transcript or, frankly, in the whistleblower complaint, which is set to come out you know, maybe in the next few days, we should have some objective test of whether that is sufficient to rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors. And I just don't know that we have that right now. Well, about 20 years ago when we did impeachment last time, the Speaker of the House was Newt Gingrich, and he was pushing America toward impeachment. Nancy Pelosi is being pushed toward impeachment. That's got to be a significant difference. That's a very good point. So, you know, in some ways, we were always going to end up here, I, I felt like. The, the way that the Democratic caucus was going, the way that people were slowly uh, kind of coming around to that point of view, where I think the progressive base of the Democratic Party is. We've got a presidential election coming up next year, and that primary process has been dragging the party to the left. So I think that your, your assessment is right, which is that I don't think Pelosi wanted to be here by choice. But she's here now, and, uh, and and in some ways, I thought this is probably always where we were going to end up. Well, so, so the question to me is, what puts her in a position where she has to do the full House vote on impeachment and, and really jump into it with both feet? Because as of this morning, there are about 200, 201 Democrats in the House that are for it. If it hits 218, does she have to go? Does she need some Republican on board? Republicans on board? What do you think the tipping point is? I don't think she's going to need Republicans on board, uh, and, I, and I don't think that she's going to get any Republicans in the House. Maybe, um, you know, maybe there are one or two who are teetering, but my sense is that the, the notion of party loyalty and party unity keeps those guys and in, in, in gals in the, in the tent. So for her, I think the big question is, 
what's going to come out of the whistleblower when the whistleblower testifies, if the whistleblower testifies before the House Intelligence Committee, it will be initially in closed session. So we're only going to have a readout from members of the committee. We're not going to be able to see anything in public. And, and, and then I think that's going to be the next milestone to see kind of where she's at. But the, the idea of starting an impeachment inquiry is a little bit silly because all along there have been committees and there have been people in Congress building the case for impeachment. So her announcement yesterday in some ways doesn't change a whole lot in terms of the mechanics of the process. But it just does change a whole lot politically, obviously, because she's now firmly on the record as saying we're going to pursue this. This is going to be a priority. And this is something that is on my on my radar screen in a very direct way. We have Lon He Chen on to discuss whether this is a nothing burger or an air taco. Very nice. Uh, well crafted. So, listen, I think in a way the, the Democrats have furnished Donald J. with his his defense because I mean, and and they have uh, some facts on their side. They they've been talking about it. The guy says stuff that's not true, or he shoots off his mouth, or that was unwise, or that was rash, or that was just plain dumb. I think the defense might be, you know, he probably shouldn't have said that in that call to the Ukraine guy. But nobody takes him that seriously when he shoots off his mouth, and and yeah, to suggest that his conversation with the president of Ukraine, carries the full weight of the presidential pronouncements of the presidents of history, ignores who Donald Trump is. Yeah, it's a very good point. I think, obviously, what President Trump says on these calls, the way he handles them, you know, I've heard some criticism about him handling the call, taking the call in the residence of the White House versus in the Oval Office. You know, you got to recognize this is a president who does things in a different manner, in a different way. And he's going to say things and he's going to make expressions, sometimes that bear no resemblance to reality, other times are stretches of reality, and sometimes it's just pure bluster. And I, and I do think you have to factor that in. So the challenge I think the Democrats have is how, how exactly they read into this transcript the notion of quid pro quo, the notion that Trump said, uh, if, if you do this, if you investigate Hunter Biden and Biden's issues in Ukraine – in return for that, you're going to get more military aid or you're going to get nicer treatment for us, from us. And, and this, the, what I've seen this morning from the Democrats is basically a sequencing argument, which is like if you look at the call and you look at the sequence of events, well, that's the smoking gun. And, and I just think that that's going to be a bridge too far for some Americans precisely because of what you guys said that Trump just says things sometimes, and it's hard to, to take him too seriously. Well, and, and add and to that, the, the that the Democrats have called him everything from Satan to Hitler to a Russian agent. So their interpretation is definitely open to question. So. Yeah, and I don't think the Mueller thing helps them, by the way. The, right. the, the, the whole long process with that does not help them build the well, case. Of course here. not. So, uh, national poll out today that's got Warren in first place within the margin of error, but she erased a like 15 point lead that Biden had. And this is before this story broke. Is Biden damaged by everybody finding out that, hey, your son got a cush $600,000 a year job for something he had no expertise in because you were the vice president? Nice. Yeah, I think it goes back to the to the same kind of issues that dogged Hillary Clinton. This notion that people have been in politics for a long time, they're trading off of their political careers for advantage for themselves and for their families. I think it's the same narrative. I do think Biden's hurt by it. The one thing I'll say about Warren is, yes, she's got a lot of of mojo right now. She's clearly doing well. I do think she's the front runner. However, people have not come after her yet. 
in the same way they've come after Biden. So we'll see how resilient her lead and her frontrunner status is. Uh, final question for me, uh, Lon He, Lon He J. Chen of the Hoover Institution, Stanford University. Uh, who's the ultimate judge? Who will really uh, provide the energy to turn this thing one way or another? Will it be... Uh, the senators uh, who have to vote on impeachment, if indeed we get that far, or is it just the polls of the American people? No, I think I think it's the American people, ultimately, because the, the senators are responsive to what their constituents want. Look, if for some reason tomorrow some Trump supporters wake up and they decide, look, Trump's really guilty, this is a big problem, then those senators will turn on a dime. I have no doubt about that. But I don't see that dynamic happening. I see that the dynamic, we are so entrenched, we're so polarized, people see it the way they see it. Um, this has become more an act of political theater than anything else. Interesting. Wow. Well, we'll all watch it play out together, Lonnie, and we'll be uh, delighted to have your your uh, contributions as we go through it. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thanks. We'll talk soon. You know, what he said there in the beginning is probably the most important thing of all of our politics, recognizing that nothing moves the needle. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It just It just doesn't matter. I well, mean, it would have to be so clear really really big over the top clear cut right. to move the needle because as you know his recognition on on uh, twitter the twitterverse is the same as what i'm seeing on the text line the same people who f- feel the same way today as they did yesterday mm-hmm. or a week ago or six months ago I, I certainly hope they're saying cruel and inhumane things to us <laughs> but just just nothing moves the needle yeah I, I think it could have if it was too explicit or too crazy. Uh, I think you'd see a lot of Republican senators flake, but n- no, nah, this is another Rorschach test, as as Lon he said. Wow, interesting times, no doubt. Yeah, I'd say. 